half of the morning to you. This is your girl, Fabulous Frida. Always your host, here to bring you the most on WDGS on your podcast station. And today, 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 oh my, 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 what the spirit, the spirit has to say. And this is the thing about the spirit. Everybody has one. But what type of spirit do you have? There are good spirits and there are evil spirits. But I'm talking to you about the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit does, for all of you who do not know, it teaches, it leads, and it guides you into all truth. What does that mean? That means if something is not truthful, if something if if it's not honest, then that's not the Holy Spirit leading you. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. When you find yourself in the midst of anything that's deceptive and your spirit engages with it, because these bodies, listen, they are only and a shell they are a shell the bones the organs all of these are part of our humanness and when you take all of that off the table and out the picture it's almost like walking around like casper the friendly ghost you are then left with this spirit that spirit is that part of us that is not visible to the naked eye. It's on the inside. It's omnipresent. It's it's a place where it's beyond earthly abilities. And that's why it's so important of, of our conduct and our character. When we display it, that's people getting an opportunity to observe our spirit. And I want you to understand more than anything the power of your spirit. And the spirit is controllable. Did you understand that? The spirit is controllable. Now, sometimes you might can't control if you get a twitch in your eye. And you might might not control a headache that comes on. You may not be able to control a tingling in your body. You may not be able to control muscle spasms. But the spirit, you can control. Does it take discipline? Absolutely. And this is why... People may not understand you if you understand the spirit realm. Because the spirit realm deals outside of the mortal body. I just want to make sure people get this and understand this. Because this is where you find your eternal lifestyle. If you never tune into your spirit, you cannot understand the life that's beyond this life. Yesterday, you know, I had a, a, a quite a bit of things to get out and go to. And one of those things was a follow-up with my physician. And I tell you, it always seemed to amaze people that take my blood pressure when they say, Oh, your blood pressure is excellent. You have good blood pressure. And somebody asked me just a day or so ago, oh, I know, day before yesterday, about my blood pressure. I told them, I don't know. I don't keep up with that. I never knew how to read it. I don't know what it means, this amount over this amount. I said, all I remember from a little girl, they said I was anemic. And I just remember when I got grown, my blood pressure was always low. I said, my blood pressure is not low, it's not normal. 
And I tell people this, you know, when I go to anything that has to do with myself medically. So the lady said, that's odd. I said, well, that's the thing. You, When you study yourself, when you study your body, when you study, it's about studying. And so many times we may miss what really matters when we're not studying our own self. That's why the scripture says, study to show thyself approved. And when you invest more time in studying you, why do you walk the way you walk, talk the way you talk, dress the way you dress, think the way you think, act the way you act, do the things you do? Why? Well, that goes back to the scripture. Let a man examine his own ways, meaning mankind. And as I've been sitting still, you know, I've really been, unless a person has reached out to me, I have really not been led to do a lot of reaching out, but a lot of reaching in inwardly. Sometimes it's a good thing to make time to just be still and know God, to be still and see the salvation of God. To be quiet. So in my quiet zone, if you all heard my last podcast, you know, I was touching base about relationships because somebody decided to interrupt my flow about something I don't even know. And I had to understand. See, that's this. Let me say something that I know people may not understand, but there is very, very powerful. It's a scripture. And it says, in all things, give thanks. You may not even understand what you're going through, why you're going through, in the time you're going through it. But that's something that I'm a fervent believer of. In all things, give thanks. Even with God keeping me refrained from talking and and, and engaging like I usually normally do. But one thing that people see, this is the thing. When you study you and people don't understand you, then they'll say all kind of manner of evil about you. Hello. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. Let me repeat that. When you study you and people don't understand you, they'll say all manner of evil about you. And it seems like it's a part of a normality in the mindset. Just because people don't understand you, oh my God, they'll say all manner of evil about you. Never mind the fact that they didn't make time and take time to really, really, really get to know you. Because I'm going to tell you something I notice about a lot of conversations that I engage and have with people. It's not an exchange. It's not a sharpening of one another. Oftentimes, it's just about people being heard. And they want you to hear their views and their opinions, even though it may be some nonsense that don't make sense. Even though it may be some gossip. Even though it may be some backbiting. It may be some naysaying. But when you get in that position with God, with that time and season for everything. There's a time and season to refrain from even talking. There's a time and season, the Bible says, for everything under the sun. And I know people used to me, you know, chit-chatting and, and, and chatterbox. But 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 I, I came to realize mm, that a lot of times people don't know me. They don't know me because this is nothing new for me. I I started going through my shut off and shut ins when I was led by the Lord in the 90s. And so the Holy Spirit, it ministers to me as I minister to us. 
And that's why a lot of times I have to go through my withdrawal seasons. When my pastor used to ask me about coming to church sometime, he said, put, he called me put. He said, you've missed a couple of Sundays, two or three Sundays. And one time I missed a whole month intentionally. He said, what's going on with you? I said, pastor, I'm in my wilderness season. He said, what that mean? I said, when you in the wilderness, it's this place where you process things and other people, they don't want to hang out with you there. Oh, God, help me today. The wilderness is the place where you have limitations. If you ever decided to get in a wilderness position, that means you're not engaged in a lot of comfort. You're not engaged in things that make you feel comfortable. You're trying to figure out some things. And in the wilderness, you may be trying to get out some things and figure out how to get out. I oftentimes thought about Jesus when he spent 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness. And when you get in that place sometimes, it's not about people who think it's personal. Oh, God, help me today. It's about you processing that you can stay empowered. There's a time and season for everything. Now, I used to, listen to me. I hope somebody grabbed this. I used to make an announcement. I used to let people know, especially my children and people close in my circle, when I would go through, I used to text them and say, look, individually back then, because, you know, I wasn't into no group thing, or I would call them. But you know what ended up happening after I would make an announcement, and I did this for years, then I found that, that's why I said, when people don't know you, they'll say all manner of evil against you. So then the reports start coming back. That it didn't sit well with certain people. That somebody even said, "When I don't want to deal with somebody, I use that as an excuse." This is the way it came back to me now. So I say, "I'm going on my shut off and shut ins." I said, "I don't need to make excuses." This is something that I find sacred in my relationship with God. And because people want to be doing what they're doing, I don't question people. They can go to Egypt. They can go to the carnival every day. That is not my business. When I'm in where I'm in, in the place with God, have you all ever realized that about people? You're just minding your business. And this is the thing. This is the thing. When you're minding your business, you realize people got an issue with that. And then when you chatty patty, they got an issue with that. Oh, yeah, I'm free to do call and talk. Oh, she long with Okay, so when you either way it go, let me share this with your spirit. What the Bible says, that's why I love the Bible. Because it orchestrates teaching of the spirit. None of those people are alive in the Bible. None of them. Not a one. So when we connect in the word, that's why the word says it must be in spirit. We're not dealing with these people face to face. We don't know nobody else in the whole world that's dealing with them people face to face. Do you ever think about things like that? That's why I, when I give you my personal testimony, I'm a living being. Everything else in that Bible we study, all those people are deceased. They're not living. But yet, if we can make a connection with our own personal lives, listen, check this out. With anybody to relate to the scripture, that means you're in the spirit realm. That's the only way you can deal with it. Because you don't know them. And they don't know you. And you don't know nobody related to them. I'm just saying. <laughs> Personally. Because that's, those people been deceased for centuries. Not years, centuries. And this is where I commune in the spirit. So when I come to you, I've been in the spirit realm. And in that place, let me tell y'all, I, I, was, I was mandated. And I know sometimes people don't understand that, but let me tell you why. It's very profound for me. 
It's a precious place and it's a profound place. And if you ever find that place, that's where your biggest inner peace That's why you won't fall out with folks. That's why you can forgive people. That's how you can love your neighbors as yourself. This is how you can love God with all of your soul, with all of your heart, and with all of your might. When you find that precious place in the spirit world. That's why when you hear me say, there's nothing never lost in the spirit. Because in the spirit realm, you can practice and exercise a peace and love through people that have already journeyed and traveled these grounds. Oh, God, help me today. They have already traveled and journeyed these grounds. The only people in the Bible that you that have not traveled and journeyed on foot on this ground is God. He's been omnipresent from the creation. But every single other person that you read about, from Genesis to Revelation and all the books that's been in between that they didn't put in between, they all traveled through the earth. So when we read and we study and we pattern You got to grab this. And we pattern our lives according to what Paul writes, according to what David writes in the book of Psalms, according to what Abraham and Moses wrote. Everybody in that Bible had feet, has touched the earth. And see, when I get into my philosophical thinking, This is how I spend my time in the wilderness. I connect with the scripture and those who have transcended through time to let me know this is my testimony. And if I did this, I freedom. The same God you serve can give you the same peace. He can give you the same strength. So when I receive those types of of connections in the calling, in the manifestation, I turn around and I release it unto you. This is what makes the profoundness of any message. Because see, this is not something that, it, it, it cannot be just conformed to your physical. This is a spiritual journey. Anybody that's a believer, let me I hope y'all grab this. If you say you believe God, if you pray and you talk to God, that means the only way you're going to be effective, because some people do it and they're not effective, is because you take yourself outside of yourself. And you get in the spirit zone. And this is why most people do not relate in that zone until they having a problem. Oh, God, help me today. Until they need some money. Until their heart is broken. Until they in a state of confusion. Then they can move in the spirit world. That's why some people, they don't worship God until they need something. Hello. Because most people, when they reach that need in their spirit, it's because somebody else or nobody else can help them. Hello. But see, I don't wait to trouble rise. With me, I commune in the spirit all day, every day, throughout the day, because I'm constantly talking to God. But what I don't do every day is shut off to my wilderness place. And when I do that, It's never personal. It's just that that's the time. I don't want to hear gossip. I don't want to hear murmuring. I don't want to hear complaining. And what has happened with me in my transition and relocation is that I allowed myself to entertain a whole lot of stuff in my ears That once upon a time, I definitely was not accustomed to doing. But I did it because in my coaching arena, I got caught up in a lot of stuff to coach people. But listen to me. God been dealing with me on that. Because I'm trying to process 
through my relationship to sustain. I've taken quite a few hits and I was telling my doctor yesterday because she said something to me about uh, the report that she got from the doctor. We got to figure out, she said, about these blood clots. And why did they come up? Where did they come from? And see, I'm processing the same thing. See, I'm listening. Okay, God, what you what you need me to know about me? What do you need me to know about me? Because it's mighty strange. They only clotting in a certain part of my body. And the normal part, you got to grab this, that they say that they should start it is your legs. And my legs didn't have any. They said my heart didn't have any. So now I'm trying to figure this thing out. This is the way I do me. Let me tell you something. When you begin to come in tune with your body, you have to sometimes, Leave everybody alone. Hello. This is when you begin to examine your own ways. This when you when you understand. See, this is something I understand more than anything. It is God who gives us the breath of life. It is God. So many times people, we as a people, let me say that we as a people, until we learn better, we put a lot of emphasis on mother, daddy, sister, brother, auntie, uncles, cousins, friends, and dozens. But how many of you understand that a mother is a vessel that carries you in the womb? A daddy is a vessel who imparts the seed that is put in the womb to carry you. That's that's their main role. And that's a blessing. But you can only live and breathe because of God. It is God who gives you the breath of life. And I say that because, listen to me, listen to me. And I know some of you may have heard this, but I'm going to say it again. I carried a baby nine months. I delivered the baby. And three hours later, the baby passed away. What am I saying? Carrying a baby and having a baby don't mean, that's why when my grandma used to say, if life is meant, God will always grant it. Because it is God that gives us the life and the breath. And sometimes we put too much emphasis. This is what Jesus was trying to get people to understand. Listen, I know my daddy is a carpenter. And I know my mother was the Virgin Mary. Well, and I know I have brothers and sisters. But I'm about my father's business. And in doing that, I adopted another family. And the people was trying to figure out, well, who is his family? And then Jesus had grew of age to realize his brothers and sisters in Christ. Why do you think he said that? Well, let me help you out. Because those are the people that will be his eternal family. Oh, I hope somebody got that. These are the people that he know where he will live forever and ever and ever, which is in heaven. That's the family that's going to matter ultimately. Now, that doesn't mean we don't engage and interact with family here on earth. But sometimes people put a lot of emphasis on things that has nothing to do with Jesus. And Jesus was trying to let the people, because they were like, well, why he ain't dealing with his kin folks? Why he ain't hanging out? Why he don't be over there with, with his daddy or his sister? He wanted them to know all those people and the connection with them is temporary. The only people that's going to be in his eternal family is his brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's a real fact. And I need to drop that if anybody didn't make the revelation. Now, it's a beautiful blessing if your your biological family is also those individuals that are your spiritual family. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. And see, that's why sometimes I used to love families when I would see them where everybody was religious. Everybody was pretty much saved. Not everybody, but most of them. And they would come together and have a praise and fellowship and a worship good time. They biological family, but they also spiritual family. 
And I know sometimes people may listen to me and say, oh, that's a shame. Oh, she said this. Oh, did she say that about this person and that person? I did. Because I'm going to address spirits. And regardless of their position, when you hear me say that word, a person position, that means I'm not caught up in their position of who they are to me on earth. That's just like Jesus. See, but sometimes I I be thinking I don't need to go this deep to give people a comprehensive understanding. But I see sometimes when you hear things, especially when you hear them in the spirit world, then you know what you got to do. Because see, whatever you hear in the spirit realm, guess what? God will always send somebody. And they people used to say, he'll use a donkey. He'll send somebody to bring a bone to tell you everything that God will confirm to you. Trust me, it has never failed. It's not a person who have gossip, said anything, whoever they told it to, that this Holy Spirit won't convey it to you and then he'll send a witness. And sometimes it be people to tell on their own self. But somebody will always come. Let me tell you, this is why I have to stay in a proper place with God. It has never failed my life that God has not allowed somebody to always come and tell me the people who put their mouth on me. And if God didn't send somebody, he have sent some people to tell me to tell on their own self what they said about me. I'm being honest. And that's why sometimes I have to go through my shut off and my shut in. Because I know some of the stuff that people come tell you. I know how to feel to things. I can tell what probably was true and what was not true. And there was somebody I used to tell them, but I know they didn't even get it. They didn't get it. They didn't grab it. And I used to tell them and I've been telling them for years. I said, listen, you'll be amazed at what people come back and say to me. But they just thought I was saying that because they was listening to somebody who didn't know me. Because a lot of people really don't know me. I mean, they don't know me. If I had to really just say, I could count the people on one hand in the whole world that really know me on one hand. I don't have a five fingers. You don't have a five if you got five. Everybody don't know me. You, you have to really, really get on a spirit place to know me. And I don't know a lot of people that get into the spiritual level on the same level to really know me like that. And the few that did, they, they really mostly has transitioned. And that's what I was saying to my doctor yesterday. I said, you know, she said, Alfred, I, I just don't understand because, you know, this seemed like it just came up. When you start having these these pains in your back and you went to the ER, and I'm glad you did. Because she said that's the indicator of a lot of things that may be changing in your heart. And I said, well, you know what, doctor? There's a lot of things changing in my heart. <laughs> Not just physically, but spiritually. Because I'm beginning to see, I said, really the love of people waxing cold. The love, I said, doctor, I I just don't see it in people anymore. I said, people just live off how they feel. And love is not indicative to our feelings because if it was, I I wouldn't like love nobody. Because everybody done had something to say, a manner of evil against me before they even knew I thought that they thought I knew. Because when you in the spirit world, God will let you see things like a motion picture and then he'll have somebody to come back from the midst of sitting at the table to always relate to you what's been said as a confirmation. And that's why when you hear me on my soapbox, I'm not picking out to pick on. I'm exposing what I already know to be true because God is not a liar. And you can tell when people done said something that said something. Now, when you feel to things, they may not say every word for word. But some of that stuff you already know. The only way somebody can know, somebody had to say something. But this is the thing about me. When a lot of times people, I don't fall out with folks. 
because I've been conditioned. I see, I learned how to take my emotions and to learn how to process them. It's not easy. That's why I can tell you it's not easy. But I learned as a teenager because something very, very, very traumatic happened to me as a young teenage female. And when that happened, because it was so traumatic, I had to fight. Listen to me. Y'all don't hear me now. I had to fight not to go insane. I literally had to fight to keep my sanity as a teenager. Because what happened to me, I could have snapped and lost my mind. It was just that traumatic for me. And this is the thing. When people who I thought... Oh, God, help me today. That loved me because of their position in my life. That's why when I use that word, people in a position, everybody in position don't love you just because who you think they are to you. So in my position, in my life, according to what people consider hierarchy, starting from the top to the bottom. When you when I look at my mama, my daddy, my sister, my brother, my aunties, my uncles, my cousins, my friends, and my enemies, in that order, what I went through traumatically, no one came and showed me compassion. Listen, you got to grab this. Except my auntie Eileen, my best friend Brenda, and my best friend Deborah. Every other person, and this was the buzz and the talk, and I'm talking about even my daddy. Everybody was perplexed, and they were perplexed to say, oh, is she lying? And I'm thinking in my head, who lies about something that traumatic, something that serious. And so for years, I need y'all to grab this and get this. For years, when I say years, from a teenager, that's why I can tell you for many years and many tears. A lot of things people think that bothered me didn't even bother me. What perplexed me is that no one, no cousin, no, everybody I named in that. No real friends or who say they was friends or thought they was my friends. That's why I examined friends. No one showed me compassion. Everybody just said, let's sweep this under the rug and don't talk about it. But no one, let me repeat that, no one. So what I found myself doing. I had to journey through. That's why I think I felt like the last person in the family that really showed me unconditional compassion. I'm not going to even say love because a lot of us don't know how to love. That, that And I told a doctor yesterday, that's what broke. Like I felt my heart crack because I knew all my life the people who showed me compassion and something about grief it'll show you people if i mean if they don't do nothing but say i'm sorry is anything i could do for you something to indicate they are concerned about your compassion they don't have to be present see this is something i don't learn but are you there to be supportive and support is not present because you can have people all around you, and I done learned it. They don't mean you no good. All they doing, they they there, and they ain't doing them, but just making a mess of what already done happened to hurt your heart. And so sometimes you don't even want to entertain them. And you will find yourself, you will get around them, but you be ready to look for a way of escape. So it wasn't people presence that ever comforted me. More than the people who showed me compassion to say, what can I do to help? What can I do to help you? And when I went through this traumatic darkness, I mean, it was such a darkness, y'all. I used to sleep under the bed because I was just traumatized. And I could have literally been in a crazy house 
from then until now. But how do you all think I got out of that? Because I learned to lean and depend on Jesus. That's how I got out. And that's why as long as I live, even when I studied Islam, I studied Islam because I I embraced the discipline. But I knew I had to still call on Jesus. And he just couldn't be my prophet because that's what they do teach you about Jesus. But, but they teach you that he's a prophet just like Elijah. But see, for me, he was my Lord and my Savior. I wasn't, I needed somebody to advocate. Y'all know what that means when you got somebody to advocate to the Father on your behalf because we ain't worthy. And I don't get it twisted. I know sin stinks in God's nostrils. And I'm glad that Jesus is my advocate to the Father. So this is the thing on my journey. When I went through that, and I began to just sit back as I journeyed through my entire life, there was no, no, no member that ever showed me compassion. And nobody said, well, Alfreda, we know that had to be traumatic. And we're there. And so now, 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 let me fast forward. So when people think that they reject me and they get in that place where they detach themselves or delete me. Listen, I'm, I've been conditioned from a teenager to handle it. It's okay. And that's why I say I don't fall out with folks. Because them same people who I thought should have showed me compassion, who God had assigned over my life, at least I thought he had. That's why I don't fall out with folks. Because God had to teach me and show me that, listen, we don't have to fall out with our family just because you go through a season of detachment, rejection, deletion. I always sit back and let this happen. I let people show me. Because everybody know you can call and talk to me anytime. But I let people show me. I see when they get in their feelings. I see when they going through what they going through. Because what they heard, what they heard, what they heard and what I said. And that doesn't even be on my schedule and on my radar. I say what the Holy Spirit lead me to say. And some people need to hear it so they can examine their ways because they've been that way for years and years and years and years and years. And you can try to tell them in a nice, subtle, respectful way and they still ain't got it. They still the, the culprit of all the gossip in the family. They steal the backbiters of all the backbiting in the family. And when I was a teenager, that's what everybody was doing. I got so many reports of who said this and who said that. And the main thing about all the reports from my tragedy was people didn't believe me. And I was thinking like, but why do I need to make that up? Why would I lie about something that dramatic? And that's the same way people is about going to heaven or hell. They don't know if it's true or if it's real, but I guess they just going to make a decision. I'm going to live all I can to make it to hell. Because they don't want to change their ways. So I'm going to keep doing what I've been doing. Although I know the Bible tells me not to do it, I'm going to still keep doing it. I know the Bible told me if I keep doing these things, I'm going to go to hell. But it's okay. I'm going to keep doing it. And so when one of the spiritual mothers called me yesterday from Georgia, you know, I was so glad to hear from her. And, and, and this, when I tell people, when you get the, knowing your spiritual family, those are the people who truly understand you. Because they're not connected with you for gossip. They're not connected with you just to, just to drain you and complain to you. They're not connected with you because of who they say, think you are or who they think you are going to become. They're connected with you because they love God. And they love him in a way that they don't live by their emotions. They don't wear their feelings on their head, their neck, and their sleeve. They just be obedient to what the real raw spirit tells them to do was the right thing to do. 
And so I said to mother, I said, mother, I saw when you called. I said, but I was I was in, engaged at this. She said, baby, it was okay. I knew you would get back to me when you get back to me. And see, that's that's when you know that's a God spirit. Because you can learn how to sit back and be at peace to people reach back out to you. When you understand that no matter what somebody going through, God got them. God got them. And if they ain't usually in being quick, I'm, I'm not, I haven't been quick to respond to anybody. But people who know you can respect that. And people who understand you can respect that. And they can be at peace with you. Let me tell y'all something. When you ever heard the phrase, you can't miss what you never had. When that traumatic event happened to me as a teenager, I couldn't miss what I never had. I never had no close, close auntie. The closest auntie to me was Eileen. But she was more like my sister, so I didn't consider her my auntie, auntie. And my other auntie, when she started coming through and stopping by and I always opened the door, was when it was conveniently located for her to go to her class reunion stuff in Cordelia, not pay for a hotel, and she could stop by my house and I would open the door, which I did. Hello. Because other than that, she was always on a journey. But I think of though, because listen, there are some people came through and passed through and never stopped. So she did stop. And I enjoyed the fellowship. I've always enjoyed whenever my family came and stopped by. And I always made the roll out the red carpet. They don't have to spend no money. They don't have to pay for nothing to eat. And I, and I would get out of my bed and make sure they got the master bedroom. I had a lady one time, she kept my kids for me to go to California and Mexico and with, with a job that I had. And, and they would pay for my child care and you could pick who you want to take care of your children. So I, of course, you know, I called Evangelist Nellum, a lady that I knew was sold out in God and, 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 and she would be good to be over my children because everybody could, couldn't be left in my house over my children. And she said to me, because she had never been to my place before, she said, Alfreda, she said, ooh, I tell you, I just enjoyed myself. She said, girl, this I, living, staying here with your children this whole week was like staying in a five-star hotel. I said, well, to God be the glory, uh, uh, Mother Nellum. I said, because I, I just wanted you to feel comfortable. But she said, let me tell you something. All oh, your children, she said, they so manable. She said, I slept so good in that bed. Oh, your room and the towels, your left out and everything. She said, girl, I ain't had better treatment in the hotel. She said, Alfreda, your hospitality. I said, well, Mother Nella, that's how I do with everybody. I give them my best if they come to visit. They get my best towels and they sleep on my best sheets. And I give them my best grocery. Because my grandma taught me that when guests is away from home, you always give guests your best. And I've had to get out of my bed and sleep on my sofa when guests came. And this is the thing. I don't go a lot of places, but when I do go near somebody, I always go visit. And when people are visiting, they come near or they come to my place. I always treat them with love and kindness. So she said, but even your children. She said, when I woke up, she said, the house was so quiet. I was wondering, what are these children at? She said, they had got up. And fixed them some cereal. And they were sitting there watching TV. And they was just as quiet. She said, and then the days through the week, I got up. Because I said, oh, Lord, let me make sure I free the children get up for school. She said, they had got up. And they had gone to school already. I said, yes, ma'am, that's that's them. I said, but now when I'm home, they knock on my bedroom door. And they would, they would uh, read a scripture. And they would say their prayer of protection to cover them on the way to school. Now, this is something I adopted doing as I got on up with my second set of children. Because let me tell you something. Each child can teach you how to be a better parent if you pay attention to your children. You may not get it all together if you might have one child. But but if you have multiple children, each child will show you something different, just like they pregnancy. Each pregnancy is different. 
And for every child born, you'll find yourself start. It's not like you show no favoritism. <clears throat> but for example, a daddy, he, 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 he'll find himself different with girls than with boys. It, it, and it's not that he don't love all his children, but if you ever pay attention to men, most men have a different taking to females. But this is the thing. Mothers will do the same thing because we try to nurture these females. So it's nothing personal. When you ever see families where you think that the girls get the most attention, well, let me just be raw honest with you. They generally do. Because you be trying to make sure they stay safe, they stay guided, they stay protected. Because you know it is them that can bring babies in the house. So you just want to make sure. You try to make sure that they don't get out there and have any too young. But anyway, that's a whole nother subject. But when you get to a place in life where you've had to live for years and years through many tears. How to roll so low. Because when you are rejected, that's the that's the key to it. When people take sides and pick sides. So as a teenager, everybody took sides with this grown older cousin. The one who placed trauma in my life for years. Who forced me to make decisions that I never had to make before then and since then. Concerning even my own seed that I carried in the womb. This person created a lot of chaos. And God showed me then how to live and process through life without being caught up in people's positions in my life. And so what happens in the world, if you ever got out on your own when you was young and you had to survive, and you know it wasn't because of your mama, your daddy, your sister, your brother, your auntie, your uncle, your cousins, your friends, or your frenemies. You knew that wherever you went, you survived. And God gave you the strategic strength and ability to help you make it to survive. Let me tell you, when you find people like that, they have a different relationship with God and with man. Because you can stop dealing with them and they won't care. I'm just saying, it may touch their heart, but it won't it won't stop them from the beat going on in their life. And when you've had it done to you so many times, so many times, so many times, you find yourself, you condition that whether or not you hear from your mama, your daddy, your sister, your brother, your auntie, your uncle, you good. You don't fall apart and you don't fall out with people because God has given you a strength. And he's giving you a resilience. And people just don't know you. Because you got a lot of people. They got to get somebody on their phone every day. They got to get in somebody's face every day. They got to talk to somebody every day. But see, when you have gone through a journey. And people don't understand you. And I want to share this with people who think that your family, you lonely. And you on an island by yourself. I got you. I understand you. But it be it be strategically planned by God because God has a greater purpose for you and he needs to keep you segregated and separated in order to understand how to process the spirit. So don't make it personal, what I'm trying to say. For anybody who's out there and you're young, you think you're being misunderstood, you think your family members just don't understand you, they don't know how to treat you. And listen, don't take it personal. Coming from my mouth to your ears. God has a divine purpose. And when you have a calling on your life, listen to me. You cannot engage the way people think you should engage. Let me tell y'all something. There are explosions happening over the land. There are acts of God that nobody can stop that's happening over the land. I've been quiet and listening to the world. I'm paying attention so I can sound the alarm to let people know. And I'm telling y'all what's coming. And you cannot figure out what the spirit is saying to you when you get all these nagging voices in your head that come through your ear. I'm just saying you have to get quiet and be still to hear God. You got to be still to even know God because he's going to only transcend to you through spirit. 
So when I go on my shut off and shut ins, I don't even make announcements anymore. I used to, but I find that people didn't, when I did it, they didn't appreciate it. They think I needed to use that to make excuses. So now I don't need to make no excuses for nothing. I just do what Jesus lead me to do. I do what the Holy Spirit guides me to do. And all those who not okay with it, I, listen, they need to take it up with, that's between them and God. Because I know my purpose. And see, for years, I, I knew there was a purpose, but I didn't know my purpose. But when you know your purpose, and my purpose now is to just tell people boldly, flat-footed about whatever God lead and guide me to say. And let me tell you, whatever it, it, it is, I, I, I advise, instead of people falling out with somebody, filter it and see what you need to take from it to change your ways. Because it wasn't said to throw nobody under the bus and roll over nobody. And it wasn't about a person's position in my life. It was something, it was a divine message in the, in the midst of it for that person. And if they haven't changed their ways, let me tell you, oh God, help me today. Some stuff, the Holy Spirit keep my mouth back from. Some stuff I say because people need to change their ways. And it's not about me, but I be the mouthpiece. But listen to me. If some people don't start changing their ways, and God has granted them longer life, God has granted them the breath of life to keep living, but it's for a purpose because God love you. Listen to me. If you've been under the under the knife, if you've been put to sleep and you was able to wake up at any given time, it doesn't matter what it was for. And you still doing the same thing. God is trying to tell you something. Through all things, give thanks. Listen, I told my doctor yesterday, I said, I don't know how this is going to sound. Doc. You know, because I have to give thanks. I have to give thanks. I told her about I was going through this grief. And I know it cracked my heart. I know it did. And she asked me, she said, well, do you, you know, we have people to help if you want. I said, well, and people like, well, a grief council? She said, yes. She said, just think about it. But I can sign you, assign you to one of them if you want that. I said, you know what? I'm going to think about that. Because grief is, 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 I'm telling you, I've gone through a lot of griefs and throughout my life, but it was something that was different. And I and I made the connection last night when I was meditating and praying. I said, well, God, what is it? Because I went to anointing myself with oil and I was laying there, I was praying from the sole of my feet all the way up to my heart. You know, I'm just anointing and I'm talking to God and touching parts of my body. And I said, Lord, I need you to show me. This is why I have to be quiet because I need God to guide me. I don't need to call a hundred people for their advice. I need just the advice of God and I'll be good. And so I got to get in that place in the spirit. And God said, because that was the last person next to the last. I say next to the last. Because Deborah, it was Eileen, Brenda, and Deborah. Brenda transition and then Eileen transition. He said, on your journey through life in your darkest of time, when you could have lost your mind, it was those three people that I put in your circle. Brenda Kellogg, your Auntie Eileen, and my Auntie Eileen, out of all my family, she was the only one in my family who didn't judge me to reject me because everybody else rejected me. Nobody came to me and said, that's horrible what you went through. I'm here if you just need an ear just to talk. I didn't ask nobody to come to me. Nobody had to get on no plane or no train. But I sit back and God reminded me yesterday he said, this is why you've been able to process pain in a different way throughout your years of, of from teenage on up. Because I had people there that no matter what, it may not have been every day, it was far and in between. But when it first happened, 
they knew something was hurtful and different. And they knew I was different. And they reached out. And that's what matters. When you're going through something that's hurtful and people know it. Some people don't know it. And some people get all caught up in their own self. Well, I just, you put stuff to the side and just even if nothing but say, well, I'm here if you need an ear. I didn't get that, y'all. So when I get on my soapbox and I say what I say what I say, it's because there are spirits that haven't changed from then to now. Not, not enough. They steal the head ring leader to carry all the gossip that floats around. They still doing naysaying and backbiting stuff. And it don't make no sense for veterans of any household. I don't care if it's God's house or your house. That somewhere it has to stop. And I'm going to say this before I put a pen in the podcast. And me and my oldest son, we had we had a conversation concerning this last year. And at the time, I heard him, but I didn't hear him till the spirit connected me. And the spirit told me the other day, well, what? remember what Derek said? Let it start with you. Because, see, I told Derek, well, it start with everybody, everybody need to do. But, you know, in my quiet zone, and, and since I've been quiet, the spirit reminded me. See, that's why I'm telling you, you got to stay in tune with your spirit. Derek said, well, mother, if this been going on for years... He said, why don't you let it start with you? But sometimes, you know, you think you got to listen to the gossip in the family. You got to respond to the gossip because this keep the door passages open. But God had to remind me how many years and how many tears you went. You didn't hear none of that stuff. Because I said, well, God, how come I was getting along so better in peace in my spirit concerning my family? He said, because you weren't dealing with them. You wasn't in the midst of that gossip. That every time you pick up your phone, if somebody got to ask you about everybody else when they already got their phone number, call and ask them. I don't know. And if I do know, that ain't what I call you to talk about. Can we talk about the word? Can we pray together? Can we talk about some food, some anything except family gossip? And I just need y'all to know. I'm just sick of it. And I heard my son's voice through the Holy Spirit. See, it reminded me. He said, well, mother, let it start with you. So, you know, I've been quiet since I've been released from the hospital. And I'm going to strive to let it start with me. So I'm just putting it out there. And I knew how to get it out there. Because when I'm telling y'all the Holy Spirit led me, I knew everybody was going to do some backing up. And back, back. As them kids could say, back, back. <laughs> it's okay. I'm not mad at nobody. But I'm putting it out here. Because, see, this is what it done let me know people listen that I didn't know was listening. Hello. So, as I move forward, this the rest of this, this still new year, new me. If you got gossip about family members, don't call me. I'm, I'm putting it out here. Don't call me. If you want to share some good news about the family, please feel free to use my number. If you want to gossip and tell me what somebody said that I said because I already know what I said, don't bother. I, I, I'm going to do just what the Holy Spirit instructed Derek to say to me. I'm going to let it start with me. That's what I'm going to do. Because it's been going on ever since I can remember and I'm sick of it. And this is why, because I was pondering when I was praying. I said, God, why is it that all these other families can take trips, do this and do that? He said, because they, they talk to each other and it ain't just the gossip. When, when yours get like that, y'all can have a good time too. And although I show people a good time when they come to my house, but they'll leave there and gossip about me too. I don't have that to happen throughout my life. So listen. Don't take what I say and make it personal about your life. What you should do, and I'm going to tell you from the beginning of this podcast, it's time for everybody to examine their ways. Why am I saying that? Because something is coming to America, and we're going to need to know how to get along with people to survive. Because somebody going to be trying to bomb up the places where our food, just like they doing in Ukraine. So now is not the time to be but nasty and be nasty to people. And on that note, may the blessings from heaven.
fall into your life, meet all your needs, even the things your heart desires. And may you continue to prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prosper. Until the next podcast upload, I bid you a beautiful, blessed, and fabulous Friday. God bless. Amen.